Welcome to the Roxborough Church Podcast. For more resources and information, visit RoxboroughChurch.org. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. Praise God. I am, I want to say just a, a few things. I want to just say how amazing Roxborough Church has been to me personally and my family. Uh, it has been a joy serving with you guys, and I look forward to continually serving with you. It has changed my life. Um, I wouldn't say a word like dramatic, but, you know, it has really changed my life and, and really has poured into me to the point where it's, uh, it's been a joy serving God with you, you know? And I just want you to know that you are doing a marvelous job in somebody's life by being a church that is gathered here. So as much as you may say, okay, that's just Pastor Charlie, you know, supposed to say that. No, as much as you guys are in those pews praying for us, I feel it, and it is making a difference in my life. So just give yourselves a hand clap for that. Amen. Amen. So you know that you could do that for someone else. Amen. Amen. And thank you, uh, Pastor Ricky, for reading Judges chapter 7, verse 1 through 9. Um, and it talks about Gideon and the battle that he had to fight with the Midianites. But uh, before we go into it, let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your word and for the reading of your word. Father, we ask that you would bless it, walk it through the aisles and the pews into the hearts and the minds of your people. Father, I pray that you would speak to me and through me, Father. You say it, I shall repeat it in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, use me for your glory. Hide me behind your cross. And thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be able to preach your word. And, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O oh, Lord, my strength, my redeemed. Let the church say amen. 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 I'm excited, guys. You know, it's a slow start, but I'm excited. Hey, listen, I am... Um, there was two fights in my life that I can remember. And um, victory or loss don't... That's not the issue. So don't, don't, don't worry about that. Just let's say that the scorecard went in my favor and won. So here, here's one of them. One of them, I was in elementary school. And I remember uh, we had a bully in the class, and I just did not like bullies. And so the bully was picking with somebody in the class. So me, having a big brother, I stood up to the bully. All right. And so when I stood up to the bully, the bully said, I'm going to get you. And y'all remember at three o'clock. You remember that three o'clock? Well, my brother had graduated from the elementary school. So I was a year behind. So I was left without my protection. Just so happened, God had plan for my life. So my brother just so happened to come up and meet me there after school. And so I was so happy to see my brother because I said, look, I'm ready to fight this guy. And my brother said, okay. And I said, so I, I, I'm glad you came. He said, okay. And so when we got to the guy and we face to face, my brother says to me, you want me to hold your bag?
And I'm like, wait, wait, you, you're not going to fight him or you're not going to fight with me? He says, no, this is your fight. I'm not going to be here always. You have to fight your own battles. So he literally held my bag and pushed me out there to fight the bully. Well, the scorecards went in my favor, and I, I overcame, and I, I won. And it, it kind of sent a, a, a nice reputation. Y'all no chair for that? <laughs> you know, a little duck job, you know. I, I felt I, I, I took some licks. I took some punches, but I, I stood my ground. So I remember in high school, we were in high school, and um, I had a smart mouth. So I got into another fight in high school. And, but all my cousins, my family went to the same high school. And so after school, I figured, you know, I'm not going to see the guy anyway. I might as well keep going home. And so I'm walking home, and I'm walking by myself. Never do I walk by myself at home, to home, because we lived only half a block away. Everybody just seemed to went their own way, and I'm walking by myself, and I run into the guys. Boom, here they go. And I said, oh, Lord. Nobody's there to hold the book bag. Nobody's there to cheer me on. Zipped up, tied up the book bag, put it on my backpack, and I knew that I had a quick angle out if I needed it because I only lived right through the lot. Well, it was one person in the crowd of the person I was going to fight that said, hey, you don't want to fight him. He said, why? He said, not only can he fight, but he has brothers and cousins that I know that will come back. So what do you think happened? He let me go. And I walked through the lot. And I, I realized at that moment that it's not how good you are, it's not how strong you are, it's not how smart you are. Is that God was present in my life. I didn't win or lose that fight. God just made a way for escape. But it wasn't a way that made me fearful or made the other person. Nobody got hurt. Nobody threw any punches. It was just the fact that the person told him that I don't walk alone. And he didn't want to disturb nor trust that. Gideon at this point, God wanted the, the Mennonites to know that Gideon doesn't walk alone. It doesn't matter how large the army was against him and how small his army was. He did not walk alone. I believe it was Roosevelt that said that we walk softly but carry a big stick. But we as believers, we, we walk, I won't say softly, we walk in peace, but we have a God that can win all battles and all wars. And he will fight all battles and all wars. And so God will never leave you nor forsake you. He's not going to hold the book bag and say, go fight. <laughs> He's not going to leave you there, scatter and go different places in the midst of your troubles or your, or your trials or your tribulations or your situations. God will be present and all he wants us to do is just show up sometime and stand. And so Gideon, he, he had to fight this battle. He took those men down to fight. And, I mean, you know the old saying that we say is, is God will fight our battles. So why wait for the battle is over? We can shout now. Shout now. But when you see 
135,000 prepared soldiers to fight against your army of 32,000. The odds don't look good, right? The eyes don't look good. It just doesn't look good. When I, see, when I see these guys coming, it had to be about 11 of them. But if I tell a story, it's going to be about 20 of them. So since I got the mic, 20 of them coming to me. And I was able to walk away without a touch. But Gideon, he seen them, and he said, they all right there in the valley. We can see them. His soldiers, they're looking at him like, oh, my goodness, we're about to do this big battle. Some of them was filled with fear, and God knew that. Some of them was upset. Some of them was afraid. And God says to Gideon, like, yo, I really want to help you through this, but your army is too big. What? Okay. So, okay, Gideon is a man of God. He's, he's a man of faith. You know, God is testing him. He's testing his faith. I got an army of 32,000. God said it's too many. Okay, all right. So then God says, send the men that are afraid home. He said, oh, no problem, because Gideon was probably thinking only a few guys are probably afraid. You know, I ain't going to lose much. Well, just send them home. And they walked home, and it sliced him down to 22,000. You mean to tell me that 10,000 men are afraid, and they are going home? Oh, wait till we get back home to see you guys, if we make it back home. And so he ended up slicing them down again to 10,000, all the way down to 300 men. We're looking at an army in a valley, 135,000, and we have 300. 300. 300 men. Gideon, he was probably surprised to see that God sliced him down to 300. And he was probably up all night because the word said that during the night Gideon <laughs> heard a word from the Lord. And the Lord said, get up and go down against the camp because I am giving them into your hands. Gideon probably was asleep. How could you sleep? We only have 300 men against 135,000. We have some issues in our lives. We have some battles in our lives that keep us up at night. We have some trouble. We have, we, have, we, we have to face some situations that keep us up at night, that worry us. Oh, God. I heard somebody say that weeping endures in the night, but joy comes into the morning. Where is the morning at right now during this weeping night? But in the late in the midnight hour, there's whispers from the Lord, I am with you. I remember a song, and no, I'm not going to sing it. I remember a song, late in the midnight hour, God's going to turn around, and around, and around, and around, 
and around and around. Fred Hammond sung the song. I believe it was Fred Hammond. Yeah, Fred Hammond. You can look it up. But I don't really know how it goes, honestly. But I do remember that song, When Things in Trouble Times, Late in the Midnight Hour, you play that song in your head or you play that song, and it will give you a little bit of hope, but you're just waiting to see what the Lord is going to do, what He's going to say to you. And first of all, why are you in this situation? Why does He remove things? Why does He remove people out of our lives? A lot of the things that God moves out of our lives, we don't need anyway. If we go preparing for a fight, if we go preparing for a battle, we bring things that's unnecessary. If we know we're going to get into an argument, we, we really set our words for that person. We know the person's going to get on our nerves. We're going to set our words in our minds that we're going to say something right back to them. We're ready to go. We're quick to do it. You know, it's almost like, oh, I know they're going to get on my nerves today, but I'm prepared. But God is saying, no, I need to take that away from you. Well, I, I, I know I got to deal with this other issue, and usually how I deal with it is this way. And God has said, no, I got to take that weapon away from you. Well, I know that I got my, my backup right here. My backup's going to go with me. And God said, no, I got to take that backup away from you. And you got to walk alone. But the moral of the story is as believers in Christ, we are never alone. God is always before us. God is always with us, and He's always behind us cleaning up what we miss. God is always making a way for us, and Gideon had to experience this. God wanted to give him victory. There is victory in Jesus. There is victory in God. There is victory in walking with God, no matter what we're dealing with, no matter what we're struggling with. But the first thing that God does, we ask God, God, fight our battles for us. And he says, sure. Step out the way. And you don't need them. You don't need that. Let's just separate this stuff from you. What is God doing? He's getting rid of the dead weight. He's changing our attitudes, first of all. How are you going to proceed and how are you going to look at the fight? How, how are you looking at the person? Are you looking at the person? Where, where is the real victory after the battle? Where is the real victory after the battle? If you won, where is the real victory? Because you won. You sing, you dance, you're happy, you're excited. But you lose something in every fight. A friend, a possibly close friend. You hurt somebody. So whenever we go to battle or whenever we go and we try to, to, to wrestle with something, we can hurt something. And we are believers. We're supposed to come and heal the land, offer salvation, love, peace. So God deals with us. So he says, first thing is first, I need to get rid of the dead weight. Where's the dead weight? It's on you. It's in your thinking. It's on your mind. It's in your heart. It's around you. I need to change the people around you. I need to change the voices that you hear. I need to change the things that you've been reading. God calls us to himself and to a family of believers. He separates us for our own peace, our love, our happiness in Jesus Christ. And then he gathers us in a place like this to worship and grow together. Right? A beautiful thing, a beautiful plan that he has for our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. And 
chapter 7, verse 1 says, Therefore, come out from them and be separated, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you, and I will be a father to you, and you will be sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Almighty. Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit perfecting holiness out of the reverence of God. We are not supposed to enter the fight ready to destroy someone, but rather to give God glory. So, the first fight in the first battle is really between you and God. It's between you and God. God, I want to keep this because I like doing it. And God says, no, I need that because it's destroying you. God, I, 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 I want to keep doing this because it makes me feel good. God has said, no, I, it's going to hurt you later. I see where it's going to hurt you, at, so I need to take this away from you. And we're struggling, trying to say, Lord, give me the And the Lord has said, and the Lord said, okay, I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'm going to put so much love on you that you're going to forget that you even had it. I'm going to send somebody to tell you something about yourself. I'm going to send Pastor Ray to, to come over and ask you a question that you really don't want to answer. I, I'm going to send Pastor Charlie to come in and make a joke about something, and you're going to think he's talking directly to you, which he is, but he's not going to know that he's talking directly to you. I'm going to send words around you that's going to reshape you. I'm going to send Pastor Crawford to stand up here and teach you something or preach to you that you're going to hear it and say, oh, he's talking about me. But that's how God is in our lives. He's the voice that whispers in the night, I need you to get up and go get victory. How? I need you to let that thing go. Don't hold on to the things that entangles us. Don't hold on to the devices that we had that we thought because it made us look good, feel good. God is saying, I need that from you. Why? Because it's internally destroying you and it's hurting your family as well. There are some things that we just have to let go. We can't take with us. The kingdom doesn't need it. God has everything for us that we need. Every, every void His Spirit will fill. Every hurt He will heal. Every problem He has a solution for. Every situation He can bring you through. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance, the race that is marked out for us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before Him, He endured the cross, scoring His shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, and we are seated like with Jesus and Jesus. And Jesus bends over to the Lord and begins on our behalf to share 
Charlie's, he's all right. Jackie, she's good. Why? Because they're in me and I'm in them. And we have an advocate in heaven. Like, you might not feel that like somebody feels it when they have went through and then God loves them past their mistakes. You, 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 you know, it's, it's almost like, it's almost like when we, when we know that we, we've lived or we said something wrong to somebody and then somebody comes and say something good about you, don't you feel bad that you said something wrong about the other person? You wish you can go back and say sorry. Well, that's what God puts in us, the opportunity to go back and now not represent us but represent Him. And so, in every battle that you face, you are not even representing yourself. Gideon wasn't representing Gideon. He wasn't representing his army. He was representing God in the midst of that. And God said, it's not even your fight. I just need you to show up. It's mine. I need to teach them a lesson. And I don't want your, 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 your 32,000 to go in there and fight, and then they think it's because of their numbers that they won. No, it's never the numbers. It's never how strong you are. It's all in the might and the Spirit of God. It's all in His strength. Sometimes we lean on our own understanding, and the Bible is very clear. It says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all thy ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct our path. God is taking you to a different place. And guess what? I know when we don't know exactly where we're going, it can be scary. But he's saying, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of the giant. Don't be afraid of the bad situation. Don't be afraid. I have plans for you. I have purpose for you. Listen, I love you so much. I'm, listen, we're going to show up. <laughs> we're going to show up at this battle. Don't be afraid. He tells Gideon, send all those soldiers away that's afraid. Why? Because they don't represent me with fear. If you are afraid to face your path, let me, let me say this. I remember I had to make a decision. And I, 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 I don't envy this life, but I remember the life in the street, and I had to make a decision. I had to have a conversation that gets me out of this whole situation. And it was a deep situation. It was a life-changing situation. And I had nothing really to say streetwise that would get me out of it. And when I got to the table with the big boss, he said, what's going on? Why, why are you not? And I said, listen, I went, and this is what I told him. I said, I went to church. And I gave my heart to Jesus, and I don't think I can do this no more. And he said to me, you know, my, my mom go to church. I said, that actually worked? Wait, wait. The story of Jesus actually got me out of this? What I did, I learned the lesson. I put Jesus before me, and he made a way out of no way. I did not think that I was going to make it out of there without Owen, without getting hurt. I didn't know, but I actually put Jesus before me, and he made a way. How many times have we went in there and tried to explain our way out of something because of fear? No fear. Second, 
know, Timothy says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but the power and love of a sound mind, of a sound mind. No fear, no fear. Having a sound mind, knowing that God is in control. No matter how bad the situation is, God is in control. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8 and 9 says, we are hard-pressed on every side. Listen, the Bible is clearly telling us that we will have some issues. We will have some problems. He said, we are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not abandoned. We are struck down, but not destroyed. God is telling you, I got this. I got you. You're going to be all right. You're going to make it. I know the job seems hard, but I put you there for a reason. You're going to see some special things that's going to come out of you because you're trusting in me. It's better when you really don't know everything and you really got to put your trust in the Lord because when that happens, I'm telling you right now, the joy of the Lord becomes your strength. The joy of the Lord becomes. Then you get excited because now you're doing some things that you thought you would never be able to do. And all along, God had gifted you with it. And all he needed you to do was show up and accept it and do. So that God can be God in your life. I know it seems hard that things are surrounding us. I know that it seems hard that issues in this world. We're living in a city that, that, that is like have the highest crime rate. It just amazes me. And I'm trying to figure out an answer, trying to scratch my head and see what can I say to them? Like, who can I, what can I say to them? And so I started saying this when I see guys that, that look like they want what I got, which is probably every day, all day in the city, and I, and I started speaking to him, and I say to him, hey, young king, how you doing? The only part I don't like is when he called me an old head, but I mean, it's, but they say, I'm good, old head. How you doing? I'm good. I don't know what he had on his mind walking towards me, but I know what he got in his mind after he passes me, is that perhaps I am a king. Perhaps I am not supposed to be running around these streets like this. Say something that can set somebody's path in a different direction. The Lord gave us words. He gives us his word. And all we have to do is speak his word. All we have to do is be bold. Don't worry about the things that are formed against us. The Bible is very clear in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, The weapon we fight with are not the weapons of this world. We can't fight. We, we don't. They yell and cuss at you. You can't cuss back. You're a child of God. You got to say, ooh, Jesus, take the will. Ooh, help me. The, the words form in my mouth that, you, ooh, this bro, they're saying some stuff about me. Lord, help me. And then you turn around and be like, oh, have a blessed day. Jesus loves you, and I pray that he saves you. 
says on the contrary, they have divine powers to demolish strongholds. It's the power is in the tongue. It's not what they say against us, it's what we say back to them. And if we put the Lord's word first, we win. God wins. Lord done won some battles for me, I'm telling you, because there were some weapons that came against me, but I had to go to Isaiah 54, and it says, no weapon formed against me shall prevail, will prevail, and you will refute every tongue. Yes, Lord. <laughs> yes, Lord. That accurses you. This is the inheritance of the servant of the Lord, and this is the vindication from me declares the Lord. Sometimes you got to read. You can't just read the first part. I know we love that. No weapon formed against me shall prosper, or no weapon shall formed against me will prevail. We love that. No weapon formed against me will prevail. We love to say that, but then there's a continuation with this. It's, that's just not it. It says, and you will refute every tongue against you. That means when they talk about you, it is not right for you to respond the same way the world responds to you. That is not our job as believers. We cannot handle situations based off of our thoughts. We have to do it according to the Word of God. We have to represent Jesus in every situation, every situation, because this is not your fight. This is God's fight, and God may be trying to win that person and send them to you, and then your response can change that person's heart so that person can walk away and not say nothing else bad to nobody else. I know you think it's impossible, but all things is, is possible in Christ. You might think, well, I, I mean, Lord, it's just me. I, I'm they're not listening to me. Yes, they are, because you have the power of the Holy Spirit within you. Use what you have to get what you want. Remember that? Use what you got to get what you want. I'm sorry. But you have something different now in Christ. You have power that supersedes this world. No weapon, no tongue formed against you, no situation formed against you will prosper when you have God on your side. You just have to be a representation of him in the situation. Don't let God have to pull you back. Let him be comfortable in sending you forward. We have victory. In Jesus, we have victory. I, I know, I know, I know. I've seen some of you for three years. I've seen some of you for two. I've seen some of you for one. And I just started seeing some of you after the pandemic. But I know in each of you, you had to go through something that keeps bringing you back here. I know that you're experiencing life, but something keeps bringing you back here. Do you realize that you keep coming back to this place not to just hear Pastor Ray or to see Pastor Ray or to see Pastor Charlie smile? I had to feel that. Or to hear Pastor Crawford sing? Or when he preaches, and he, sometimes he kicks his leg out. When Pastor Ray clearly says every word, like, perfectly, 
It's almost like, I mean, you ever, listen, he's like a scholar to me. He's like a professor. He's, he don't even realize it, but he's like a professor. I'll send him something, and he'll send it back to me perfectly written. I'll be like, whoa, this guy is good. And then when I say it, you actually think that I wrote it. It makes me look good. Dude, I'm telling you, God surrounded me. Listen, he surrounded me with some good people. I love this church. He gave me victory over things that I thought that I, oh, I'll never get victory over. But what I'm saying to you, there is something that you can take out from here that can help you everywhere, anywhere. God has provided you in a space where you can learn, where you can grow, where the battle is already fought, where the victory is already won, and the love is already in the atmosphere. You can feel it. You keep coming back, not for those things, but because you know that there is something special in the atmosphere when we as believers gather together. There is a victory in the atmosphere. There is a a, a smile from Sue that really encouraged me. As soon as she came in the door, she said something to me. I'm not going to tell you what she said. But she said something to me that really encouraged me when I was really a nervous wreck. But she spoke something to me, and it just encouraged me. And it made me say for a moment, yo, I love my church. I love the atmosphere that God has bring me to every week to worship. I love the place where I work because God has, has, has helped me to overcome the things in my life through this ministry, through these people, through this clearly worship experience. Many times I come in knowing that I have a battle ahead of me on Monday morning. But I come in here and I can hear a whisper from the Lord that says, get up and go. I will deliver it into your hands. Then all of a sudden, the song becomes brighter. The, 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 my voice. You ever, you, ever, you, ever, you ever be in worship and you might hear one of us, Pastor Ray or myself, might shout out, hallelujah. That. Listen, that's not just a hallelujah, try to get everybody else. That's a, that's a reminder that God done spoke something to us or he done showed something to us. And the only thing we can do in the midst of the song, because the song, the hallelujah wasn't in the song, but all I had to do, I, I just felt the praise. So I was like, hallelujah. Why? Because you just gave me victory over something I was struggling with. Or you just reminded me that you love me. Or you just touched me. Or you just showed somebody something that I was dealing with, and you spoke a word to me. And I know it was you because that person, I haven't talked to that person all week. That person don't know what I'm going through. But you sent the word to encourage me. And the Lord is saying that we have victory. He speaks to us when we're in despair, when we only have 300 against 135,000. And God speaks a word to say, get up and go. I'm giving you victory. Through any struggle that you're dealing with, any problems that you're dealing with, God is speaking to you in the midnight hour. He's speaking to you through the songs and the worship. He's speaking to you through the greetings when you come in the door. He's speaking to you through communion. He's speaking to you when you shake hands and hug, when your pastor greets you, or when somebody says, it's good to see you. I was so happy to see Martha. I just I wanted to do a backflip, but I can't do a backflip, Martha. I'm sorry. I could try, though. But Wait. Why was I so happy to see her in person? 
because of the words she spoke to me online. She encouraged me every time I put up a Devo. She's the first person that says something to her or Barb. They're going to say something to encourage me. Do you know how good that feels to see Martha say, Pastor Charlie, thank you for that word. I'll be like, yes, to go, Martha, I got one. I got one. Can you imagine if we all shout victory, if we all say something good towards somebody else, if we all go online and listen to the devos and say thank you, if we all say that was a good word, if we all, because when we pour out, we need you to pour back into us. We all have to have victory because we're together in this, and God has given us victory. 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47 says, All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or by spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of us, all of you into our hands, all, all of us. All of us, we got victory in Jesus. All of us, Jesus is saving, the Lord is saving. All of us, he's fighting our battles, individually fighting our battles, and we come together to glorify him, to worship him, to say thank you. And Acts chapter 16, verse 31 through 32 says, they reply, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved and your household. How many times we wish our children would just come to church with us or our grandchildren would come to church with us or somebody would cry out the name Jesus that's in our household, that's in our family. But if we do it so ever boldly, if we continue to live, so when they come against us or when they hear something about us or when they see us and they ask us the hard question and we smile at them and say, it's all right, I prayed about it, the Lord got this. Ooh, they look at you and say, I can't even say nothing smart. I can't even tease them about it. Why? Because you have given the fight. You have given the battle into the Lord's hands, and he will surely, surely win the battle for you. It says, then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all the others in the house. Everyone will hear the word of the Lord when it comes from you. Everyone will see Jesus shine through your light. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, he gives all the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord, because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Listen, my grandmother, she passed away, but she said something to me. She said, Charlie, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to have to give up in this world. She said, there's going to be a lot of things that you're going to go through. You're going to get mad, because I have a tendency to get mad at a situation I overact. You wouldn't know that because Jesus, but it's true. Like, I really overact, and, 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 and God has given me um, great men that listen to me and let me um, get that out, and then they correct me, and I thank God for that. But here's the thing. I will overreact when I get mad. And so my grandmother said, and you know how you quick to walk away from something. She said, but this is what I want to tell you. She said, it's hereditary. 
She said, we all had the same issue. And she said, your grandfather had it. Your father has it. Your uncles had it. And they all walked away at some point. She said, but here's the thing. She said, I've learned to follow Jesus. She said, I've learned to trust in God. She said, so I'm going to tell you, grandson, with the bad attitude, if you're going to give up anything, don't let it be Jesus. If you're going to walk away from any fight, don't let it be Jesus. If you're going to walk away from any battle, don't let it be Jesus. Whatever He puts in front of you, whatever He calls you to do, do it to the fullest. Make it the joy of your salvation to work for the Lord, to do all that He called you to do. When the struggles is going on in the situation, don't blame church and not come. Don't blame the Lord and not talk to Him. Don't blame the faith and give up on it. Don't blame the stand for God and standing some more still waiting. He said just to stand and wait. Be firm in the Word. Trust in the Lord. Don't give up on God. Come to church and praise God. Come to gather because it strengthens and it encourages you. And I guarantee you when you walk back to that situation, it will be different. Why? Because the Lord is for us. Who can be against us? But sometimes that thing that against us will try to convince us that, you know, you don't feel like going to church. You don't feel like going to people. You don't feel like to get, don't, no, stay home. The devil is a liar. Get up and go. Get your joy. Get your strength. Get somebody to put some love on you. Eat some food and hospitality. Say something that'll make a difference in somebody's life. Be the change maker that you're looking for because God has made a change in you. As believers of God, we should not be concerned with how many things surround us because we are surrounded by God. Y'all know that song. I'm surrounded by I'm surrounded by, that's my DJ in me. Did y'all catch that scratch? Yeah, I can ring the turntable. I love my church. But what I'm saying is, you are surrounded by the Holy Spirit. Nothing, nothing. Nothing can hinder nor hurt nor harm you when you put your trust in the Lord. There will be a lesson to learn. Oh, yes. But be humble. Be a humble servant. Say, oh, yes, Lord. I won't do that again. I won't doubt you. But that we are surrounded by God. So without fear, without doubt, we know that God is in control. Rick Harmony, give me that. God is in control. In control. God is in control. By the great songwriter back there, Rick Harmony. The new and improved Rick because he, he's a fiancé now. God will give us provision for the vision. God removes things that we held on to, to the, from the past that hurt us. The past hurts. God will remove people out of our lives. 
God will will remove the bad advice. You know that one person that you can call that never see you wrong, and you know you be wrong, and you call that person. Yep, we all got that person. I got I got one too. And uh, I called and I'm like, yeah, so this is what happened. That's what happened. And so what did you do? What did you, this is what I did. Yeah, that's right. No. <laughs> it's not right. Tell me I'm wrong. Don't send me, don't send me on the wrong path. So what did God do? Put pastors and teachers and evangelists and prayer partners and people that will love you forward in the new direction that He has planned for you, which is in the will of God. So don't push us out. Come, gather, bring more so we can be an encouragement to not only you, but to someone that you need to be encouraged because either you need them to be changed or you want to. <clears throat> Notice I stopped. I stopped because there are people in our lives that just won't leave us alone that we wish would. I'm going to give you the big secret. Bring them to church so that Jesus can change them. Uh, some of you said, no, I'm not doing that because I don't want to. But listen, this is who we are. We don't run from the battles. When God puts somebody like that God is saying, I can change them too, just like I changed you. I can help them too, just like I helped you. Acts chapter 18 verse 9 says, one night the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision. He says, don't be afraid. Keep on speaking. Don't be silent, for I am with you. And no one is going to attack you or harm you because I have many people in the city. So Paul stayed in Corinth for a year and a half teaching them the Word of God. I'm sure in the course of Pastor, Pastor Ray's 10 years, he had to scratch his head a few times, especially when he met me. He was like, this guy. But the Lord put him on a mission. And the Lord says, listen, there are going to be some challenges. There are going to be some battles. But I'm going to fight them for you. All I need you to do is stand. Man, you're talking about standing. This guy stands. In the midst of disagreements, I'll be like, all right, well, I'm going to walk my way. And he's still standing there wanting to finish the conversation. And I'm like, no, I don't want to talk no more. He says, we got to. Why? Because we have to be on one accord. Why, we have to find common ground in God. Why, there is a lesson learned in all of this, not just for them, but for us. And we learn to grow together. We learn to accept who God created in each other. I mean, Pastor Crawford, I call him sometimes, he don't want to get off the phone. I'll be in the middle of something like, yo, I just wanted a quick answer. But about time I get off, I run to my wife and say, yo, you know what Crawford said? He encouraged me. He said such and such and such and such. Take time out to listen to what God is saying. And what he's whispering to us is, you have victory in Jesus. Stand with me. 
You have victory. You have victory. Stand. You have victory. The fight, the battle is not yours. You have victory. You have victory. We have victory in Jesus. Don't be afraid. Thank you for listening to our weekly podcast. We pray it was life-giving. To find out more about us, visit our website at rocksboroughchurch.org and join us for worship on Sundays at 10.30 a.m.